Hi guys, this is G from The Idea. I'm a coach consultant, new dad, and an all-around regular guy who wants to see more empathy and compassion in the world. This podcast is essentially a series of conversational interviews I host with nominated everyday heroes to learn from them and see how we can spread more compassion and empathy around the world. My guest today is Georgia Murphy, who is a social entrepreneur, founder of Tangy Turtle Kombucha, and co-founder of Ministry of Cat a rescue cat cafe and adoption center in Phnom Penh, Cambodia. She hails from Tasmania, Australia, and she moved to Cambodia five years ago to work on humanitarian disarmament projects for starting her own businesses. Her vision is a world where animals are treated with respect and compassion and an ideal world where every homeless cat has a home. Thanks for taking the time to join the podcast, Georgia. Thanks for having me, G. So, Tell me about the Ministry of Cat and the things, the wonderful things that you're doing there. So a few years ago, well, just over a year ago, actually, uh, my partner and I decided to open a rescue cat cafe and adoption center in Phnom Penh. So the reason was that we lived here several years already and we were always seeing like cats struggling to live on the street, often ended up rescuing some kittens ourselves and we thought it would be a cool idea if we could help to find homes for these cats, not the ones we rescued, but just in general, street cats to find better, to be able to find homes. Actually, my, my partner had, a, had the idea of a cat cafe for many years, maybe 10 years before this, and I had no idea what a cat cafe was actually until he told me. But basically, it's a cafe where you can come and have a coffee and meet some cats. And, in most, and it's pretty... Um, it's pretty common in uh, Asia and other parts of the world. So usually they have special breeds, especially in Asia, they have like special breeds of cats and you just buy, you know, you have to pay an interest fee and you buy a coffee and the, the main attraction is the cats and, and that's the thing. But we really wanted to do it with rescue cats so that we could help them to, and have it as an adoption center so people could like meet and interact with cats and then if they fall in love with one, they could actually adopt. So we set about, starting this process and eventually opened in May 2019. Great. So did you have a lot of, because we, more recently, there's been a lot of talk about what, you know, expats going to developing countries to do these sort of things. And did you have a lot of critics when you first started this? Um, not at all, actually. Um, we, we had already lived in Cambodia for many years doing other other projects. So I was working in development and, and my partner Adolfo, he was a journalist and working for newspapers. Um, so this was really like a passion project for us. And we, we didn't really know if there would be a market for it. We didn't know like, you know, if there were enough people who like cats that will come and visit us regularly because we we're just so excited about it. We really wanted to like, just give it a go and see what happens. And actually the feedback when we open has been nothing but positive, really. We've had almost all great reviews and people really appreciate that, you know, we're trying to help cats here because they can also see the problem. You know, there's, there's so many, the overpopulation of cats in Cambodia is, is huge and many people will come across cats that are like struggling to survive or kittens that are left by themselves. So they, there's people like kind of hopeless, you know, because or helpless because there's such a big problem. So how, I feel how, like how did the problem really start though? Like it sounds like there's there's a lot of stray cats, and it sounds like there's a problem. And the problem is, is that go on. Yeah. I don't know because 
I think I think the cats are because they can breed several times a year, and every time they can have up to you know five or six kittens. So you know they tend to thrive in cities, but they can easily become overpopulated. I mean, basically, all with from all the kittens that are born, maybe from a litter of five, maybe one will survive because it's just really hard for kittens to survive. It's like, you know, a busy city, the streets are not that clean, there's not enough food. Like if they're, even if someone feeds them, they might feed them rice. So this is not like a healthy diet for a cat. So oh. it's, it's a real, real struggle. And I, know, I witnessed that myself because even when I was like living in an apartment, I could see the cats living on the roofs near, nearby. Like the, the locals were feeding them and I would see them they have a litter of kittens and I thought at first before when I first moved here I was like oh that's so cute like kittens I love kittens and we watch them every day and then slowly over the period of like two months I would notice that like one by one they were just not there anymore and I realized that they were dying and yeah this is it's, it's a, it suddenly become like a really sad thing because you're like when I see kittens now on the street I'm like oh no I hope you survive oh no you see an expiry date over their head oh I should say that that sounds terrible no but I've seen it across the road from my house and like everywhere. It's, you know, every street in Cambodia has cats. <laughs> it's an odd thing. Yeah. yeah. So what's the state of the, well, the current state of animal, animal welfare in Cambodia? Cause that, that sounds pretty drastic. Yeah. Like I said, it's not great. Like obviously overpopulation with cats is a problem. There's a lot of street cats and they're subject, a lot of, there's a lot of diseases, you know, rabies, other types of viruses starvation traffic accidents it's it's difficult and and it's not just it's not just cats i mean dogs also there's like it's on the street dogs as well but in in general in in phnom penh anyway dogs generally have a home they ha they're treated more as like a guard dog than a like a member of the family but mm -hmm. they're seen more as like a part of you know like a, a kind of a pet than than cats cats are kind of treated more like a pest because maybe because there's so many of them and they get into fights and stuff. So maybe people don't really understand cats yeah. the way we do in Australia, you know? Yeah. In our conversation b before, you, you were something that you said which really resonated was that, you know, like in Cambodia, they, they probably see cats as like at the same level of, of pest as rats. And that really opened my eyes because I couldn't, I guess I applied my own judgment and bias to this, but I guess I never really saw it that way. And it makes sense because it sounds like there's this structural issue where animals just aren't looked after or aren't prioritized or yeah. not even thought about in Cambodia. And then there's also the, and that leads on with the cultural, cultural mm -hmm. issues and how, how they're perceived. So what, what's, what support systems are, are actually available there in Cambodia? Well, there's some uh, really great NGOs doing some work helping animals, uh, street and stray animals in Cambodia. So, for example, our partner Animal Rescue Cambodia, they do a lot of. They're pro mostly they work in programs, so they do like um, uh, spay and neutering drives. So, spay or neutering or desexing is basically one of the big best ways you can help a street cat because this is going to help eventually to reduce the population. Like I told you before, like one female cat over a period of five years can through her and her offspring produce 22,000 cats so that's insane I can't get my head around that one yeah, cat just, in five, five years 22,000 cats that's insane yeah for example they could get pregnant three or four times a year have five kittens per litter and if all those five kittens had five kittens three times a year 
it, you know, it escalates big time. So this is how overpopulation, I guess, happens. But what's happening? Yeah. So they also do like vaccination drives and especially for rabies, because it's such a um, big issue also in Cambodia. And they also do like community outreach. So one area, one place that Cambodians do kind of think of as a kind of sanctuary for cats is uh, pagodas. So many times if their kitten or their cat, sorry, if their cat that they're looking after or their kind of pet cat that's not spayed has kittens, they might end up just taking the kittens to the pagoda for the monks, the monks to look after because the monks are considered the, they are the compassionate people who will look after animals. Oh, lucky. So, they're, they're supposed to be. It's a part of their job description. No. Uh, but but unfortunately, pagodas become yeah? kind of like a, because there's so many animals, they become quite like a disease pot as well. And like, oh, it's very, no. also very difficult for the cats to live there, even if people are feeding them. So yeah, anyway, people, like these NGOs, they usually have like local staff that will go out and also do kind of like um, community liaison and outreach and like talk about like how to help the animals, how to look after them, help with some, bringing some medicines and stuff like this as well. So, Does it work? Like, do, do they see the local, the, the local population starting to change their perception or behaviors around animals or cats specifically? I guess so. I don't know for sure. I haven't actually asked them specifically this question, but I assume so. I think there are some monks that look after the cats, you know, really well and they treat them as their pets. But there are others, others that are very uncompassionate and there's been some cases of senior monks that have decided to evict all the animals and take them to some random place and dump them this has happened several times in oh, Pain, wow. so and to the upset of a lot of the people that live there as well because they like start a companionship with these animals so it, there is a change there's like a changing perception slowly with the new like because like Cambodia has a very young population so there is a difference, I think, with the, the generational gap. Sorry, it's not the word, but basically the older population maybe don't see these as pets, but younger people are starting to see them as pets and actually come in and they do adopt. Oh, that sounds very promising. Are, and you're seeing more younger people in your cafe or locals, not just expats, but you're like, what does that yeah, look exactly. like? Yeah, exactly. This is what we, uh, we weren't, when we, when we opened, we didn't really know how it will be received by the locals but um even more so recently we started to see more and more cambodian customers like up to like 50 percent of our customer base is cambodian if not more really it's really promising so actually i think this is like um yeah it's good for us to see this and like we see that like more people are accepting cats as like a potential pet and some or even just you know, something that they want to interact with. You got me thinking, though, because there were almost two moral dilemmas, just as you were speaking before, that you got me thinking about. The first one was with pagodas and, and monks and neutering animals, like, is there a moral conversation that has to happen between the two, two parties, so to speak? Because it, it doesn't sound like something which they would uh, condone. Yeah, it's possible that this actually could be I'm not sure, I'm not 100% sure, but it could be that part of the community liaison that these NGOs do is to like sort of help them people see why spay and neutering is so important because 
I mean, if you I understand that um, a lot of people, the local population, don't see it as like natural, and they kind of think it's kind of unfair if us for us to take away their right to have young. But when you see the kind of suffering that happens as a consequence of that, because so many cats will be born and also die on the street, like I think the moral side of it is uh, with the spay and neutering. But yeah, there is a, a conversation that does need to happen, I think, because of that. To make sure people understand why we do that. It's not just like that one or two litter of kittens. It's it's many, many, many cats. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like if maybe if people knew the the impact, not just on mm. cats, but on every other animal that is affected because of cats living in the area. Yeah. You know, on, on the on the local fauna, then I I think that they might change. But it sounds like the lesser of two evils because it's better to have to spade one cat than have twenty two thousand cats in five years' time all suffering. <laughs> Because they don't have enough yeah, food or they don't have somewhere to stay yeah. and they've got diseases on them because there's no social or governmental structure that's that's there for for, for animals. Also fighting. Like you see like because there's so many there's like so many cats in there, like they're very ter- territorial. They do fight a lot, like street cats fight all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so they so get that- injured this that, that that led to the second question, though, and, and in terms of advocacy, in a way, for locals, because is there a conversation where we're bringing expat values or, or foreign values to Cambodia and, and are expecting them to pick it up? Like, is that is that an issue here? Maybe there isn't so much, like, because we've had pets, we've had cats as pets for a long time in our home countries, so we, we, we see them differently, maybe. But I also think that we're more compassionate towards them because of this. We actually see, we, we value this type of animal in a way that doesn't necessarily, isn't necessarily the case here. But sorry, can you say what the question was again? So the, the question was... Oh, because we're bringing our values. Yeah, we're bringing yeah, our values. Yeah. So, yeah, but I think <laughs> when you think that Cambodia, a lot of Cambodians maybe don't care either way and we are, you know, saving lives by being by doing these things then i think that there's no real i don't think there's a dilemma there is it because like compassion is is more of a universal value than it is because it's as a a, because cambodia is still a buddhist country and i think no i think compassion is definitely one of their main their core teachings (laughs) yeah it's it's just I I just wonder if the state of things is is a consequence of you know the war or or things like that and and it just yeah. doesn't seem to be enough research and, and insight in the area and it's yeah like, I mean I don't yeah. I don't blame I don't blame Cam- Cambodians for this at all like I mean it's it's definitely they've it's a dev- it's a developing country they're coming through a lot of you know, their own traumas like human people like people are also still suffering so yeah it's not, <laughs> we yeah, won't go on to that <laughs> animals discussion. are not like their number one priority you know? but it's okay for people who do see that as a priority to act on it i don't think that's um i don't think that's a dilemma it sounds like it, you know it doesn't mean that this this particular initiative on animals should be treated any less because they've still got other problems. I mean, Cambodia is is still struggling to feed itself. You know, yeah. like a lot of the people in the provinces are are barely making enough money, let alone to care care about animals. And I think this is why this has happened is because they're so busy meeting so, their own needs first. You yeah, know, before even that. Yeah. But it's it's wonderful having people like you doing this. You know, you you and the very few people that and like. 
Honestly, if it wasn't for this conversation, I, I wouldn't know anything about what's going on with animal welfare in Cambodia because it's flooded with everything else that, that's going on. And, and it's, yeah, it's totally. awesome. So like, what, what was your process for, for doing it? Because you say it's a, it's a passion project. It's, it's a business though. You've registered the Ministry of Cat as a, as a for, for-profit company, right? Yes, we are, I guess, for-profit, but we don't earn that much profit. And usually we don't have enough to pay ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, but, we, but, our, but our mission is to find a home. So like, we don't really doing it for the money. We're doing it for the, the find a home for the cats and like find adoptions. And that's what drives us. If we do have a profit at the end of the month, then we will split it. And, and that's really nice, obviously. But we both work other jobs. I have another business, so it's not like this is our primary source of income. And usually a lot of the profit is actually just reinvested back into the business because obviously we're still growing. We're at one year old, just over a year old. So yeah, we're trying to develop our business more and so sort of grow it a bit more so that we can, it can be more sustainable. Actually, it's one of our goals is to be sustainable. And I think that involves also paying ourselves because we work mm-hmm. so hard on it, both of us probably spend, you know, at least 50 to 75% of our working time on Ministry of Cats. For that to be sustainable, we do need to pay ourselves a salary. But it wouldn't, whatever's left over from that would, if there's us paid a salary plus there's profit, then we would either use that profit to like help some street cats get spayed or vaccinated, or we would reinvest it into repairs and all sorts of things that go on, (laughs) maintenance. I'm curious what drives you. I mean, I, it sounds like your love for animals and not seeing suffering is, is a huge drive behind that. Do you see the business stuff getting in the way of this? Or do you see this? Because we were talking about, you know, I'm coming in from this angle of the, the time that you're spending on it. And, and for yeah. you, it just sounds like a means to an end. You know, so do you have a passion for business? Or is the business just seen as a tool? Just a, no, I a feel vehicle? like the for me, I think that the biggest the biggest drive for me is that it's, it's very meaningful. I feel very fulfilled working on it. So I don't, and it's my, it's like my business, my project, my, with me and my partner, like, it's not like I have to work, you know, like, even though I have another job, like for the majority of my time, I'm working for myself and focusing on, on the direction that we want to take up. It's, um, I feel extremely blessed to be able to do that, to have the opportunity because I know that a lot of people don't, they have, they have a job that is totally consuming and they need to work on that all the time and like they may not necessarily be fulfilled by it whereas i feel like i get to go to a nice cafe every day hang out with cats really cute cats sometimes see them adopted and like that always makes you like super happy and that's my office so yeah it's, I, I feel like really and like you know we we also really hard on the menu to make sure we have like quality food and good coffee and stuff so this is our kind of strategy to make sure that people come back because like a lot of cat cafes are really just a one-time experience where you pay ten dollars to go into and you don't see those people again because they've had the experience but we we didn't want to be that kind of business we wanted to be like a regular cafe mm-hmm. with cats i never even saw it that way like as a, yeah. as a gimmick wow and but it's not a gimmick to you this is this is a it's a lifestyle choice that you're looking for people who love cats and yeah you mean other cat cafes that like Kimmy or, or sorry? Yeah, because that, that's that's what you. Uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, like I, I wasn't aware that like for for a lot of cat cafes that people just turn up once and then don't come back, or like you won't yeah, you won't exactly. see them again. 
because it's like um, I don't really like cat cafes in general. I like rescue cat cafes, but cat cafes actually ethically completely different because they're using the cats as a way to get customers. So we're using the cats as the attraction, right? Yeah. Um, the cats are not their production. Usually they're breed cats, so they're being bought for hundreds or thousands of dollars. Not hundreds of thousands, but thousands or hundreds. Um, so this is like a marketing thing, right? They just the cats are just there for people to like to get people in and they spend money and spend money and get coffee. But there's not really any social benefit for those cats or maybe for the people. Maybe they maybe in Cambodia it's good because they get actually to interact with animals. But so yeah, majority of cat cafes I'm not a huge fan of. I've seen a lot in like the US, for example, most cat cafes are rescue cats. So the cats all come from shelters and they're all put up for adoption. And this is how they get actually a lot of adoption. And it works really well in this, in a Western country where people already think of people, the cats as pets, like they go there specifically to adopt. I, I'd never thought, thought I feel that like way. I don't even remember what the question was. No, that was great. But, wow. Okay. <laughs> because like I, as a third culture kid, like I grew up, you know, in a very Asian context. I grew up in New Zealand, but I also grew up in, in Singapore. And my family, my Asian family, didn't never had pets. They didn't like who was they, they perceived. And I say they because I now have furry animals as well. I have a, a couple of dogs. And and it took a while for me to 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 learn, to learn how to be around animals. And yeah. That's why this conversation with you for me is really interesting because you won't it's not just in cambodia all around asia you'll see this fear of of animals because they don't know well they're taught that animals are are dirty animals are dangerous we don't see the the greater context that you know like people don't grow up with them and and that's why they don't have the opportunity to doing that so so are you doing some kind of advocacy in that area for for local cambodian children so they can get used to animals because i i see that as something which helped me so i'm I'm just wondering if that's something that you guys are doing actually it's good that you brought that up because one thing that we just started recently was working with kids that are actually living in they're like really disadvantaged kids and they're living in basically institution like government institution but they recently approached us the like the program managers to regularly be able to bring like a few kids at a time so like four to eight kids to just come in for an hour and hang out with pets and and we're really like really happy to support this because we want that's what we want we want people to be able to have that interaction and actually have a positive um experience with cats the kids in my street are yeah yeah and i actually understand i i'm starting to understand like why a lot of people do not see them as pets because they yeah i can it's like it could be dangerous to interact with a street cat because they could have some diseases for example rabies which is actually a big problem in, in Cambodia. So I understand why people do not encourage kids to like pet the street cats and stuff. And usually they're too scared anyway, the cats, and they'll just run away. So yeah, or they kick it makes them. sense. Dogs and cats. From, yeah. from when I was living there, I just saw kids chucking rocks and things at animals because that's what they were. They're so taught yeah, there, right? Of, yeah, I mean, this is part of the the problem with animal welfare in Cambodia is that there's like not just all these difficulties in surviving, it's also that for some people, they also choose to like abuse, abuse the animals, which is really sad. And I think I don't, and I'm I'm lucky I don't have to see that because we work on like the adoption side. So we we really just get the cats when they're ready or already like 
vaccinated, spayed, you know, <coughs> being tested for all the diseases and they're all beautiful and clean and like, we get to get them in the cafe and like find them homes. And that's really like, we're lucky to be able to have that part of it. But I know that the organization that we work with, you know, obviously the cats come to them in a very dire state a lot of the time and they have to rehabilitate them and it takes months and months. So often they come in quite feral, like really scared of humans as well. So they have it takes a long time to gain their trust. Well, sorry, that's a, I think it's incredibly <laughs> important work that you guys are doing. What would you advise the people to listeners? Like if we had, I do, we do have people in Cambodia listening to this podcast. So what, what could they do? Be nice to cats. No. <laughs> no. Um, Step one, be nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was saying maybe we could try to, it's hard to talk about these things so I think like, one way is to just lead by example and like show you know like how you can help a street cat for example by getting a spade and like if other people witness this or maybe if it's like a cat around your office taking it to the vet making sure it's all good uh, get some vaccinations get a spade and then like be like okay yeah why don't we just feed the cat here and like then people can see you know like oh this is it's actually quite friendly. Once they get used to people, they're like, oh, it's quite friendly and like we can actually pet it. And so, so that's one thing, I think, just leading by example. And if you do find cat or kitten in need, especially kitten, like this is very common, especially among expats. And I've done this myself before is where I like find a kitten in need and I immediately take it to the shelter, one of the NGOs and be like, okay, uh, I found this kitten, can you take it? And it's actually, not helpful because the, the shelters are already very full all the time. They have, the, the need is way higher than the resources. So if you do find a kitten and you're willing to do like, you know, go to first step of actually trying to take it off the street, then maybe also just take that extra step and like fostering it. And, you know, sometimes that involves feeding the cat, depending on the age, every two hours, every four hours not that hard it can be done and it's soon only a, few, a week or two that it's like this stage and then you can like feed it normal food and if you have a bit of space you can really save a cat's life by doing that and then help find a home for it by posting on social media um basically what i'm saying is there's no infrastructure like government infrastructure or um there's not a huge infrastructure of like ngos that can take all the cats off the street so if you are able to do that first step then please go all the way through and make sure that cat is at least spayed. Even if you have to put it back on the street, like there's no, you can't find a home, there's no other option, at least spay it. And then at least it won't have any more. And that prevents 22,000 cats from (laughs) running around the street in five years. I know. It's a really tough because there is, you know, like you want to help. And I know a lot of people want to help and like not always they can adopt. But I mean, most people... Um, could foster I think wow that, that's <laughs> great advice uh, so uh, before we go how can how can someone contact you so if they're interested in visiting your cat cafe or they want to ask you questions about how to start their own cat cafe wherever they are like <laughs> how, how can they reach out to you um, they could go to Ministry of Cat on Facebook we have a Facebook page and send us a message there or the www.ministryofcat.com. They can contact us through the website. Or if they want to email, they can send it to our shared email, which is actually in Adolfo's name. Adolfo okay. at ministryofcat.com. Great. Yeah. I'll make sure to put that in the, <laughs> in the descriptions uh, we'll, yeah. we'll release. 
And lastly, how do you think that we can spread more compassion and, and empathy towards animals, you know, or people in the world? Like, what, what do you think that we can do? Do as much as you can, basically. Do as much as you can in terms of your own situation. But if you, if you do see a kitten in need, help it. Go that extra step. <laughs> but spreading more compassion, like I said, lead by example. I think, okay, from my personal experience in Cambodia, the first two years I lived here, even though I love cats, I rarely picked up a kitten or like did anything because I, I knew, I actually thought I didn't want a pet. And I thought too much commitment and I live in Australia and like this is expensive to take a pet to Australia. But and also my, my boyfriend, actually friend at the time, but he was the really compassionate one who were like, Georgia, I've seen these kittens, they need some help. Can you come help me like pick them up and like take them to the vet? And, and so I started, this is how we started. We started by just doing this and um, ended up, then they said to us, why don't you, do you mind if you foster them for like two months until we can spay them? So we said, okay, this, this is possible. And then we, he adopted one, I adopted one. The other one actually went blind because she had the eye problem oh. and we ended up, she ended up getting adopted. But yeah, this is, uh, and then I realized how much joy I got from my, like having a pet. I was like, wow, it's really amazing. So much love that you can like, oh, I, I couldn't have, I couldn't have known that even though I grew up with cats, I couldn't have known that I would enjoy so much having a pet and like how much love they bring to your life. So. I uh, would never go back and like, yeah, I think that if you can do something, don't, don't be, don't fear having a pet. Like it's not actually that much work and actually brings a lot of joy to your life as well. That's beautiful. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that story. That was, I, I resonate with that myself because I, I went to Cambodia, not planning on getting a rescue animal either. And then I ended up yeah. my partner, my girlfriend at the time, yeah. I had a rescue dog and then we got together Then the dog was in our house and then I ended up getting a dog and we ended up both getting dogs. And oh, it was the, yeah, it was such a wonderful experience. And it was the first dog that I ever had. I, I was thinking back on it and it, yeah, it yeah. Have, well, having a dog for me forced me to go for walks and, and things. And mm -hmm. it actually meant more structure for me. And that's actually what I needed at the time. And so I, yeah, I didn't realize it, but yeah. I'm so glad you framed it that way. I hope other yeah, people yeah. see it that way too. So look, thank you so much for your time, Georgia. Uh, is there someone that you would like to nominate for the next podcast? Yes. Um, I would actually like to nominate two people. If sure. that's okay. Yeah, why not? Why not? Um, first would be Tina from Animal Rescue Cambodia. She's amazing. She's a founder of Animal Rescue Cambodia. She's so knowledgeable super competent, um, just a total inspiration and way more knowledgeable about all animal welfare in Cambodia than I am. And an amazing partner for our cafe as well. And the other would be Hannah, who is from List Academy, which is actually a new business. So you may not have heard of it. I'm not sure. You have. Oh, you have. Yeah. I, I know her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know. Great. She's super inspirational and very like into empowering women through um, weightlifting and strength i guess like physical strength yeah gaining physical strength for women so and like helping people to do that so i'd great. like to nominate both of them. great i'll reach out to, <laughs> i happen to know both of them so i'll reach out to them normally if i don't oh, yeah. know you'd have to introduce but this is this is great yeah, yeah. yeah i'll reach out well cool well thank you again for your time georgia 
And no I wish worries. you thanks for no worries. I wish you all the best with Ministry of Cat. And for all those listening, if you're in Cambodia or popping by Cambodia, definitely swing by the Ministry of Cat. I can vouch for them myself. I went there and I had a wonderful experience. <laughs> and and <laughs> I took antihistamines before going in. <laughs> yeah. so I know that I was allergic. You were there on opening day. <laughs> I believe you were there on opening day, which is yeah. great. Yeah. Thanks cool. so much for your support. <laughs> all right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.